0: Welcome to the fifth episode of the Wilfrid Laurier University Association for Music Creators podcast. AMC is an organization that facilitates events, socials, and performance opportunities for student composers, songwriters, improvisers, and anyone else that creates new music at Laurier. Check out our Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what we're doing. In this podcast, we talk to the music creators of Laurier about their music careers and anything else that comes up. This episode is hosted by Megan Harton and... Andrew Reinhardt. Today's guest is Veda Hingert-McDonald. Welcome, Veda. Would you like to introduce yourself for the AMC podcast?
1: Sure. My name is Veda Hingert-McDonald, and I'm a a fourth-year violin performance major at Laurier, uh, and I'm also a composer, even though I'm not currently studying it officially.
0: So could you bring us back uh, before Laurier, what your musical life was like, maybe in high school or when you started playing the violin?
1: Yeah, um, I started playing violin when I was about four years old and I was after my, my favorite game somehow was like identifying what instruments were playing in different like symphony orchestra concerts and like recordings and stuff. And, uh, and apparently at age two, I got really, really stoked when it was the violin. <laughs> and that was sort of around when I figured out that like people do that That's like those are actual people like doing that and that was something that I could do and so I started asking all the time uh to start learning violin but I lived in a really small town and there weren't really any violin teachers um there was a piano teacher but I just totally refused I was like no it's violin or nothing so (laughs) my parents uh got me a a plastic dollar store violin that I apparently never put down Uh, and that's that's how the journey began um, but in high school, like I was, I was in the international baccalaureate program, the IB program, which is like a kind of outrageously academic program. I, I wasn't really practicing a ton. Um, and I also became really involved in, in theater. And so I, I kind of decided really late, like in like 10th or 11th grade that I actually wanted to pursue music and, uh, really like most of my music experience came from, uh, summers at music at Port Milford, just like a chamber music summer camp. And that's sort of where, where I really fell in love with it. And so I wasn't really doing any, um, kind of official composing, I guess. Um, although I did some, some pretty weird musical, projects, I guess, for, for school. I kind of, as a rebellion against how boring a lot of assignments were, I would, I would dress up in costume and turn them into one woman musicals and things like that.
0: When did you start like creating your own music?
1: Yeah. Well, my, my mom's story is very different than mine about me (laughs) is that like, I, I sort of thought like, you know, I, I did these sort of, um, high school projects where like, for example, I, uh, I had to do a really long presentation about a poem that I found really boring from an English class, and and so I, I turned it into a, a sort of solo musical that that involved lots of props and costumes and stuff. So so I, I wrote things like that, and I wrote I wrote a big long sort of also confusing solo show (laughs) musical thing about like the birth of a star and all sorts of cosmology things for a physics class like things like that um and I sort of head pegged that as as the beginning of really creating my own stuff but um and then that kind of evolved into like I took composition at Laurier um because I wanted to be a chamber musician I wanted to be a professional performer and so I thought I should take composition to learn how to um, sort of think like a composer so that I would create better interpretations of other people's music and also because I wanted uh, to you know be friends with the composers so they'd write music for me <laughs> um, but my mom said that I, I have always been a composer and that that was sort of what she thought would be like my main thing was was creating my own music because apparently like anytime I was doing anything I would always be singing or making up my own songs and things like that um yeah so apparently goes goes much further back than I thought
2: (laughs) is there any current projects that you're currently working on or just recently finishing up
1: yeah I um right now I I'm there are a lot of things kind of on the back burner <laughs> i've I've started a lot of projects that are that are kind of i don't know kind of growing in numbers and becoming a little overwhelming i'm not really great at like working on things concurrently and when that happens i sort of just get overwhelmed and shut down but the sort of main thing that i'm, I'm trying to work on right now is a string quartet um for a competition with the Leggetti quartet which is a quartet in the uk who has just sort of a really cool open call for scores throughout the year um so I'm trying to get that done. And that's like, I, I tried to work s- just sort of for the music. Usually I have kind of a, usually I, I guess what you'd call like programmatic music, I guess, like with a message or an idea behind it. And I'm trying to just work straight from sound, like just yeah, come up with sounds that I really like to hear. Um, I've also got a couple of sort of collaborative pieces in the works that I have, I have, I'm going to kind of work on in depth after this quartet thing. Um, I have um, this sort of circle of uh, female and non-binary composers around my age um, that we did this sort of, I guess, like carousel type thing. Uh, composers who are also uh, poets and writers. So we we kind of did a little swap. And so I wrote a poem uh, for for a composer, uh, Bridget Bourne, who lives in Australia, uh, to set. And I got a text from Marjan Zhang, who is a composer in the Philadelphia area. Um, and so I'm going to be working with that. Uh, and the, the the project that I finished most recently um, is a piece called Above We Are Many, Below We Are One. Uh, it's for a solo bass clarinet. And that will be performed by Catherine Lodano at, at a New Miss concert sometime in the new year. So I'm really excited about that one.
0: That's exciting. A lot of things on the go. So when you start writing a piece, what kind of goes into your process when you're writing?
1: I'm definitely still trying to figure out, like, my process. I definitely don't have a set one. Like, I know a lot of people are, are like, kind of methodical about things or always write at the piano or always write, you know in a tree or something like that, but um, yeah, I've never really, like, found something that I need to do or anything like that. I have, I do often start from a concept, like, like the, the piece, piece for Catherine, the solo bass clarinet one, um, that, that came from the idea of um, aspen trees and how they're all, um, like, they can be these huge groves of aspen trees, but they're all actually just one organism. And so I found that really beautiful, like the idea that these sometimes thousands of trunks appear from the surface to be so many different individuals, but underneath they're all just one root system and that really benefits them. And that felt to me like a metaphor for humanity that I wanted to see how that sounded in Bass Clarinet. Um, so I often start with the concept, um, although now I'm trying not to, but <laughs> just as a kind of, I like to find little exercises, I guess, but... Um, because I start with concept a lot, I I do a lot of, like, research and writing and planning and mapping and that to sort of, like, organizing. Not so much, like, sections of the piece or form or anything like that, but more just, like, what do I want to include in terms of, like, non-sonic content, if that makes sense. Um, and then I've tried lots of different things. Like I've written, um, a piece that I wrote at Laurier actually was a, a a vocal piece, um, that I wrote through, um, like improvising into recordings and, um, and like figuring out what sounds I liked together like that. I've also, I I feel like my main method that I've used is just writing straight onto paper, um, and never hearing it. That's like, that's been sort of my main method. Although I tried, like, um, I wrote a piece for for fib- vibraphone that I actually wrote at the piano, and that was the first time I've ever done that. So I actually, I don't play piano at all, but um, that was the first time I've ever done that. And uh, yeah, even like when I've written for for violin, for my own instrument, I usually actually don't write at my instrument. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this quartet that I'm that I'm trying to work not so much from a concept. I'm also trying to work straight into software. Um, and sort of treat that like a canvas, which is a bit new to me.
2: So I, I like that you, know, you have like this abstract sort of you come at works from like multiple different angles. Um, and, and I'm curious, like you, you didn't really talk about uh, running into like roadblocks at all, or if you do, and do you have like processes for overcoming those sorts of issues?
1: Hmm. I definitely I definitely run into roadblocks. I feel like the biggest one is like I constantly just feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, I feel like I, I still sort of fall into the trap of like I don't actually get to be a real composer because I'm a performer. Um, so I feel like when I encounter like a sort of roadblock or any sort of creative block, I kind of in my head like link it back to that (laughs) you know it's like this sort of like well of course you don't know what you're doing um but I think like the biggest kind of tangible obstacle I run into is like I really don't have a sense of form before I start I really I've never I don't think I've ever really written a piece that has form or structure (laughs) Um, I write very much like idea to idea and sometimes that's like one long thing or sometimes it's like more disjunct Um, but sometimes I encounter like I'm not really sure how to um, like I don't I don't really always know what needs to happen next sometimes I have a whole bunch of different ideas that might be on different pieces of paper that are definitely part of the same concept, but I'm not always sure how to weave them together. And so sometimes what I'll do is I'll just write them all in order (laughs) and then just like see if that's enough. And sometimes it is. Sometimes it's enough just to put ideas in a row. And um, sometimes the type of music requires them to be linked in a cohesive way and then I come up with transition material or something that feels like it weaves them together. But yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing.
0: Oh, so what would you say would be your biggest takeaway or learning experience from Mari? now that you're like in your fourth year and like what are you going to take away from your time here
1: um i think what i've learned the most in the past i guess like three and a half years now <laughs> um is like really just the value of practicing <laughs> and like i mean obviously we all know that you know, you're supposed to practice if you want to get better at something, but I feel like I've really internalized that. Um, Yeah, like not just on my instrument, I mean, obviously, you know, putting in the time makes the scales more in tune, but, but with composing as well, because I think because I came in with so little sort of formal composition experience, and I guess because I was approaching it not to be a composer, but to, th- to learn to think like a composer to be a better performer and then somewhere along the way I just sort of realized it was fun and I wanted I actually felt like I had something to say but yeah even with that like just even if I feel like the music isn't very good or something like that just just continuing to do it makes it better and makes the next one better and yeah the idea that kind of any skill can be practiced I feel like I'm I'm really you know contrary to what my what my parents think I feel like I'm not very predisposed to being a natural composer like maybe coming up with ideas or something like that but kind of the methodicalness um of composing doesn't feel like it comes very naturally to me and yet I somehow like really wanted to do it (laughs) and so yeah just like that that feeling that that anything can really be practiced is really cool.
0: Yeah, that's something I didn't really, like, realize until, like, very recently. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on, like, when you start a composition, it has to become something and not Mm -hmm. enough, like, emphasis on, like, it's an experiment. It's okay if nothing comes of it. You're still, like, learning as you're writing it, you know?
1: Totally, yeah.
0: That's the only thing I, like, realized this summer.
1: (laughs) Oh, good, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the other thing sort of sort of related to that is like I feel like because I sort of started composing so late um I feel like at this sort of stage in my life or whatever I'm sort of expected to have a concrete like voice like a style that's like kind of iconically sounds like me or something like that and I kind of skipped the stage of like being allowed to imitate people and being allowed to sound boring and being allowed to like sound weird and like too experimental like whatever I feel like I feel this pressure and I'm not sure if this is coming from anyone at all <laughs> but I sort of feel like this pressure to to sound like me concretely right now um, and so I think like that idea of just like practicing and, and doing whatever happens kind of helps to take away that pressure.
2: That's so relatable. <laughs> uh, would you like to talk a little bit about um, composers or music makers uh, that have influenced you? Uh, you talked about how you you feel as though you have to be, like, refining a certain distinct style. And I'm curious about, like, what composers' styles you gravitate towards and, like, to borrow from and
1: inspire you. Yeah, I think um, I'm very, like, easily influenced, I think. I think I I really, I don't know, I feel like I see people who I find interesting and just, like, want to know everything about them and... um, my definitely my main interest and inspiration and influence and everything is Caroline Shaw right now, who is a uh, an American composer and um, I actually first heard her music. I heard the piece Partita for Eight Voices, um, which is her Pulitzer Prize winning piece um, for a room full of teeth, the vocal ensemble. And I just I heard that piece and I was like so amazed that sound could be that i just like i it's like yeah i just had heard nothing like it and it felt so like viscerally true and also intellectually interesting and just like so much fun and uh yeah and then when i started sort of looking into who she was i was even more inspired because she she's a violinist and she did all of her schooling in violin and started composing really late um and she sings as well, which I like doing. And I think just, like, a lot of her sort of references and inspirations are very similar to mine. Like, um, I, I really like chamber music and making music with people. And she is sort of a similar thing. So it just, like, it just felt really cool to, to be like, wow. You know, sort of similar roots. <laughs> and, uh, and she's really out there rocking the world right now. And, uh, yeah, another another composer influence of mine is Meredith Monk, the, the sort of experimental vocal pioneer of, of New York. She's like really, really inspired me um, in, in one part because I just love the way like all of her music sounds and how like real and personal it feels. And, uh, and I, I really love, I kind of gravitate towards um, strings and vocal music um i'm definitely curious about other things and and want to do more exploring of writing other music but those are the those are the sort of instruments i guess that that feel really personal and like that i can actually express um things that i want to say and and she she has been a really big deal i think for anyone who's who's written vocal music in in the past like 50 years um yeah, I'm also like very inspired by Beethoven's string quartets, which I think is like one of the main reasons I'm a musician. Is like because I heard a Beethoven string quartet when I was 14, and I like lost my mind. Um, yeah, I think my sort of alleged sound as a composer. I'm just realizing that that Glenn Bur actually sort of sort of pegged me as this. He he described me once in the Huther bar no less, um, as a combination of I think it was Patti Smith Joni Mitchell and Bella Bartok I think that was what he called me and I, I was like very flattered by that because those are all people who who I really love and I'm totally inspired by it. Joni Mitchell's a huge inspiration for any of my songwriting but um yeah and I guess as a as a as a violinist and chamber musician like the Attack of Quartet right now is just doing all sorts of things right, I think, doing doing all the things that I want to do. <laughs> I'm also just totally inspired by, like, anyone I've ever played with and worked with and anyone I've ever met and seen from afar and heard about, yeah. <laughs> that's
0: really cool. Um, before we started recording, we talked a little bit about, uh, you just started the process of applying and auditioning for grad school, and you also talked about the string quartet that's coming up and the uh, carousel poetry and... Uh, composition thing that you're working on so i'm just wondering like what are your short-term and sort of long-term goals um with what you've got on the go and also further in the future
1: yeah um also what a weird time to be trying to dream of a future also um but yeah i just i'm i am gonna do a grad school audition for for violin performance and we'll, we'll see where that goes i i think it i think it's what i'd like to be doing next year but um, if it's not if it's not in the cards for this year, I think I think I'll take a year and and practice a lot and write more music and go from there. But um, yeah, long term, I'm I'm feeling right now like I want to be a string quartet player forever, um, and I I want composing to to also be in the picture. I feel like. I've, I've sort of hesitated a little bit this year to take lessons, mostly because I feel like I'm really easily influenced and, and I do want some time to sort of figure out what it is that composing actually means to me. Um, but, yeah, I really... You know, it's interesting, like, kind of when I tell people that I'm a violinist and a composer, I think kind of often the assumption is, like, that you're a performer-composer and that, like, I write my own music, like, for myself, which is, like, actually something that I really don't do <laughs> um and not that I'm like opposed to playing I would but but it's, it's different I think uh, like I I really love the idea of playing other people's music I really love that relationship of the performer with the composer and and working with composers and commissioning new new works and um and figuring stuff out that way and I also want to be on the other end of that like I want to write music that other people play and I want to sort of um yeah create those experiences one of the things that like i find really interesting about music in general but also composing is like something that i really love about performing is like that uh, a composer has like translated their emotional experiences into ideas that end up being dots on a page but then like as the performer you get the amazing privilege of like interpreting that and filtering their emotional experience through the notes through your own emotional experience to like create an empathy chain to the audience who also gets to feel like that combination and so like that's something that I find so cool about composing is like that I get the responsibility and the like honor of sort of like curating a similar empathy chain (laughs) from like whatever I'm trying to express through the sounds through whatever the performer is feeling and then the yeah just empathy chain i'm feeling it yeah anyway sorry that was a super long-winded answer but i yeah i, I want to play string quartets i want to compose i want i want to play lots of new music i want diverse voices to be more part of the picture i want everything to be relevant and not like in a tacky way because i think beethoven is still relevant but beethoven is not relevant if it's the only music we hear
2: I, I've never I, I think about music as an interaction between performer and audience and I think about it as a performer, the interaction between myself and the composer. but I've actually never stitched those together. They've always been two separate things. And the way you were explaining it was really quite beautiful. It actually made me a little emotional. I don't know why. I just uh, I just wanted to comment that uh, I thought that was something I had never thought about before that was kind of profound.
1: Thanks yeah i i love that idea that's definitely like i think why i keep playing music is like that empathy is such a big deal (laughs) and and i I love that that we have a medium that that's very conducive to it if if we're trying
0: um so to go in another direction uh we usually ask people if they'd like to present any uh sort of music and we talk about this before we started recording, and we have a piece, frying pan. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how that got started, who's performing it, everything that went into it.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, so this is a piece for solo vibraphone, um, and uh, I wrote it as part of the Young Women Composers Camp this past summer, uh, which is a, a program that's normally based in Philadelphia at a Temple University, but uh, it was offered remotely this year. 'cause of the pandemic, which was very exciting for me because I have I've never I you know, I've done summer programs for, for performing but I never really thought about doing it for for composing and uh yeah, so I was really excited to be part of that. And uh it's a really incredible community of young female and non binary composers and uh and mentors and just doing all sorts of cool stuff. Um so this piece Uh, The recording is performed by Clara Warnar, who's a member of the International Contemporary Ensemble. She's a percussionist um, in New York. And uh, um, the the piece was inspired by an interview that I saw with the percussionist Stephen Schick. And he said something. He was talking about how... uh, He said something. Good. Uh, (laughs) He he was talking about how how, um, solo percussion as a genre... Evolved and emerged alongside the social justice movements, um, out of like a need for a more sort of like accessible, democratized uh, form of music making. Kind of just out of the idea that like anyone can hit something. You know, you don't have to have a like humongous piano in your living room. Um, you can just have a frying pan, and that just that idea. And, and he said the quote that the quote that I referenced specifically is, "There's no Stradivarius frying pan." Um, you know, obviously there's an art that goes into percussion playing and, and there's some pretty expensive equipment out there, but, but yeah, just the idea that like at its core solo percussion is an accessible, very political, um, genre. And so, uh, I wanted to, to explore that and, and I kind of did it through the, the idea of emotional virtuosity as opposed to technical virtuosity. I find like technical virtuosity and like the emphasis we put on that is like, inherently elitist because you know you have to spend a million years like getting really good at really fast licks and stuff but um but emotional virtuosity I really wanted to explore because it involves trust and it involves freedom and it's something that anyone can do I think I think (laughs) um but yeah so I, I I really wanted to to check check in on that and uh so I, I involve a, a whole bunch of sort of elements that, that I hope gives the performer a sense of freedom and, and control over their own performance. Um, so for example, like our, all the notes I wrote, there's no sort of actual improvisation, but any of the chords um, can be rolled in any way. Um, there's singing um, that I invite the performer to sing along with any of the notes that they're playing at any time. And that can be pre-planned by them, or it can be improvised as to when they sing. They're just matching any notes whenever they want. Um, yeah, I think those are the only sort of elements. Oh, they they can kind of do what they want with dynamics for the most part. Um, so I wrote I wrote all the notes and the core sort of music elements of it and everything. But um, yeah, I wanted I wanted that sort of freedom um, to see what happened and. And Claire's a really incredible performer, and uh, I think it sounds cool. <laughs>
0: question is do you have any advice or something you'd like to say to prospective music creators or prospective Laurier music students?
1: Hmm, sure. Um I think the biggest thing I would say to anyone who wants to pursue anything creative, you <laughs> know, that's kind of broadening the question, but is like literally just do it. Cause you just like are an artist and that's a fact. I, I think like I came up with this this theory when I was like 16 that I was like really, really proud of that was like, you know, anyone who wants to be like a doctor or an astronaut or something like that, you know, like you can't just do that. <laughs> like you you can absolutely pretend and that's super fun, but but like you can't just show up in the operating room. <laughs> like that's the situation, um, but art. And something that I think is so cool about it is that like, you know, if you paint a picture, you just are a painter. There's no pretending like you painted that and you are a painter. And if you sing a song like you're a singer, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, there are different things you can do with it and you can choose to be more nuanced and and um, and take more training and practice a lot and things like that. And that that sort of, you know, whether it adds anything or not, I don't even know. But um, but yeah, anyone who wants to do anything creative should just do it. Because they're they're qualified and they they are artists, um, but yeah, I guess like if you if you want to sort of pursue it in a more professional way, practice and do it, and also notice things. I think like that's the biggest thing that I've learned from composing that I think I've also applied to to my um, performing, is just like taking time to notice what it is that I like and sort of thinking about why I like it, or you know if something. If there's something that I don't like or I'm I'm sort of weirdly repulsed by, um, now I think like from some experience as a composer, like I I take a second to like try to figure out what it is there that that I'm so repulsed by, <laughs> like um, yeah, any sort of feelings or things in the world that I see that I find beautiful or that I find interesting or something like that, I like I like to think about what's what's going on there, <laughs> and you know sometimes I find out that it's like some weird. Weird little thing that I have that, like, maybe I want to work on. Maybe I don't want to be repulsed by those weird things or whatever. But, but things that, like, oh, I, you know, I, I really like add nine chords and I really love Hocket as a technique and I love plain chant. Things like that. That's like, what is it about those things that I'm so obsessed with? And, uh, yeah, I feel like that can be applied to anything, but particularly creative media, I think.
0: That was so cool. I think that's like a very sophisticated, uh, and mature thing to realize when you're 16
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i was a little bit of a a little bit of a thinker a little bit too cerebral maybe (laughs) that's a good thing though
0: um but yeah so thank you so much for coming on the podcast
2: thank you veda